welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, How to Unleash Your Inner Entrepreneur. I'm Stephanie Menefee, and today we're joined by Charlene Walters, business mentor and consultant with specialized experience in entrepreneurship. Charlene is also a corporate trainer who speaks about innovation, entrepreneurial mindset, work-life balance, personal branding, and so much more. Charlene, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to come chat with us about entrepreneurship today. Thank you so much for having me on, Stephanie. I'm so thrilled to be here. And we're, we're thrilled to have you. And actually, if anybody hasn't picked it up yet, Charlene has an amazing book out now titled Launch Your Inner Entrepreneur, 10 Mindset Shifts for Women to Take Action, Unleash Creativity, and Achieve Financial Success. And Charlene, I recently read your book and I love how you talk about flipping a switch. And so I'm super excited you're here today um, to give us just some additional insight on launching your own inner entrepreneur. Um, to get, just, just to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why the subject is important to you? Certainly. I started off undergrad as an English major going way back, and I... After I graduated, I got into sales and just really started loving business and becoming more curious. So I went back to school, got an MBA, and then ultimately a PhD in marketing. And I ended up in higher education, and my love really turned into curriculum. And so I, at one organization, developed a digital entrepreneurship program and started working with all these entrepreneurs and helping them launch their businesses and really develop their dreams and just kind of do those things they were meant to do. And I became more interested in the mindset of it and eventually wrote the book on entrepreneurial mindset because so much of it in entrepreneurship is the game, whether or not you can be successful. You really have to have those skills, that tenacity. And then I've gone on from there to do a lot of different things. I eventually launched my own business where I do consulting, where I do some corporate training where I also mentor one-on-one entrepreneurs. And I even have my own TV show now where I interview entrepreneurs too. So just really love it. I've also become a single mom along the way too. I have two beautiful teenage girls and my husband passed away unexpectedly when they were young. They were only two and four. So I was suddenly left, and I think this is a position many women are left in to be the sole breadwinner for their families. And it's really, you know, was a big change for me, a big challenge. It was overwhelming at first. And so I really feel passionate about helping other women and people that find themselves in similar situations because times have changed and it's just not the men out there who are the sole breadwinners anymore. And entrepreneurship is a great way for women to go out there and achieve business success. Wow. You've had quite the journey. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. You you mentioned tenacity. And so I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about what kind of mindset someone needs to be a successful entrepreneur. You know, we know anybody can go out and, and start something, but, you know, what are those things that make somebody specifically successful? Are there tools or additional traits? So as I mentioned, yes, it's definitely all about the mindset and being able to get out there and take that initial leap or the action to be successful. Because I think many people dream about starting their own business. We all have a lot of good ideas. It's just really having that 
ability to execute first and foremost, doing your research, doing your homework, uh, finding out and being creative and innovative where there's a hole in the market. And then it's about, you know, taking that risk because we love our jobs. We love getting a paycheck deposited into our account every, you know, every other week, whatever it is. And if we have to start our own business, we have to rely on ourselves. And that can be challenging for people. So we have to pull on that confidence. You know, sometimes we can suffer from imposter syndrome and feel like we can't do it. So it's really about that mental game and not just taking that first leap, but continuing to take leaps as we move forward in our business, as we encounter challenges. We've got to be able to find ways to not get stuck when something bad happens. And when you're in business, something bad is always going to happen. And it's always going to take longer than you think. So we really have to have the tools so we can organize our time, become more resilient and stick on our path towards success. I'm already learning. So I'm already learning so much. I feel like I should be taking notes. Um, so in your book, you talk about entrepreneurship being a male dominated area. Why is that? Can you, can you share a little bit more about that? I think I read that there are 13 million women-owned businesses and that that number is growing. So maybe if you could share a little bit more about what women who are thinking about this fempreneurship um, can do specifically to get started. Yes. Yeah, so traditionally, entrepreneurship was a male-dominated area. Men were the ones starting and owning businesses. However, that has really changed. I think as women have been having jobs in corporate America and maybe realizing, hey, I'm not being paid as much as the men who are in the same position, you know, there's still that lag, or maybe they're not getting the same opportunities. We see women rising up in leadership positions but not as the same rate as men. So we're seeing that entrepreneurship has become more attractive for them for the reason that they have control over their earnings, they have control over their schedules. A lot of time women are also the ones who are in charge of their households, in charge of children if they have any, and not in all cases, because I hate to dis any guys who are out there who are you know, taking care of their children and participating actively, but often it falls on them. So entrepreneurship is a way for women to better balance that. And we saw recently with the great resignation that it was women who were leaving during the pandemic. And so these women have turned to entrepreneurship to have better work-life balance, to have better control of their schedule, to kind of take control over their career and their earnings. And it's really a great opportunity for them. What my book is about and what many people work with entrepreneurs, it has to do with kind of delving into and strengthening those areas that may be deficits for them. So women are more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome or to feel like they really have gotten lucky. They don't belong in this position as a business owner. They can also suffer from self-sabotage. So it's helping them kind of increase that confidence. Also, many studies have found that women can be less confident when it comes to their finances. So helping them in those areas where they feel that they might be struggling a little more. And that has a lot to do with the way we are being raised. Sometimes women are taught to be not to brag. We feel like if we're out there kind of promoting ourselves or showing what we know that we're bragging, you know, and it has to do with upbringing. So it's kind of undoing some of those things, strengthening some areas in terms of leadership, et cetera, and just changing our mindset so that we can feel 
comfortable and confident as business owners because women really are very resourceful. They are very intelligent, very strong, can do all of these things, can be super successful in business. It's just kind of undoing some of the stigmas and stereotypes and ways that we are brought up to be different. I'm really glad that you mentioned that women aren't the only ones with the family obligations because I know the trend is starting to shift, but I, I think we women um, are still facing a lot of those stigmas and and I just love that these conversations are being had, yes. you know, especially in the work-life balance. And I actually am starting to say life-work balance because <laughs> as a woman who's raising a child and working and doing all of these things, would love to get exactly where you're talking about. Um, so can can you, you know, maybe give us some additional advice, you know, for a budding entrepreneur on that life-work balance? Like, you know, do you go in it alone at first? When do you start thinking about hiring employees? And, you know, I think I speak for myself, not all women, but sometimes I think, oh, well, I can do that. I should just do it myself. So, you know, what kind of things can can you tell us about entrepreneurship in that area? Definitely. And so you, it's funny you mentioned it, it is there's all kinds of terms for it. Work-life balance, work-life blend, work-life integration. It feels like, you know, we're coming up with different terms all the time, but it really is ultimately the same thing. And it's ensuring that we have time for all those areas in our life that are important to us. And even, you know, if we're entrepreneurs or we're entrepreneurs or we're employees, we still have to do the same thing. And it comes down to really ensuring that we're organizing our day, that we are setting up our schedule in a way to be more productive, that we have, you know, goals related to everything we want to do in business, and that we have action plans to help execute on those goals and the micro steps to make it happen. I find a lot of times even just reviewing your schedule and finding out where you're wasting time, you know, we all have areas where we waste time, whether we realize it or not. If we start tracking ourselves, we'll come up with where those deficits are. I know for me, my phone is a big distraction. So if I actually remove that and put it somewhere else, I'm a million times more productive if I silence my notifications for emails, et cetera. And, you know, it's just about also setting up your day. So we have a plan for the day and we come up with two to three things that we want to do every single day and finish when we accomplish those. And then just taking control of our other schedule. Like we really have to, particularly as women, get more comfortable with saying no to things that we don't have time for. And I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of us think we're super women and we can do everything and we do do so many things, but we have to, you know, if it's not doing anything for us personally or professionally, we have to learn to say no and not feel guilty about it. You know, do those things that are important to us that are going to help our business and just not overcommit. And in terms of hiring employees, again, you mentioned that as well. I'm a big fan of bootstrapping and doing as much as you can until you gain traction and you start generating that revenue. However, and I've heard a lot of different entrepreneurs say this, you really should hire employees before you even think you need to, because that's what's going to help you grow your business. And then you can delegate those things that you don't love to do that aren't as important to your business and focus on the things that really are important. So it's important to keep that balance. But I, I know for a lot of people, it becomes pretty apparent when it's time to start bringing people on. And with digital assistance now, we have so many opportunities to add to our team and to continue to grow as entrepreneurs. 
just, I, I'm just in, in awe over, <laughs> over here. Um, oh gosh, where to go next? So you mentioned learning to say no. Yes. But when you're starting out, how do you know when to say no? Like if, if you had to, and I don't know if this is even possible, but if, if you could give the top three priorities for things where you should be saying yes, um, you know, what would that look like? Cause you know, when, when you start a business, you're, you're out there and you're trying to ramp up and maybe you're doing things that you wouldn't do if you were more established. So how do you, you know, where do the, where do you draw those lines? Where are the boundaries there? So I think in terms of when you're just starting off, the first thing you have to do is always your research, getting to know your customers, ensuring that you are studying the competition. So all of that, especially upfront, is really worth your time doing your homework and ensuring that, you know, we might think something is a great product or service. However, <laughs> if there aren't customers or potential customers out there who are going to buy that product or service or aren't going to pay the price, then it's really not a great product or service, right? So doing anything that involves really understanding your market and your product and the services you're offering and ensuring that you know your target audience is really worth your time. Revenue generating activities, I can't say it enough. They are and should be your number one focus, sales forecasts, understanding where and how you're going to attract your customers is super important. A lot of times we get sort of caught up on the glamour of entrepreneurship. We want to go out there and, you know, focus on having this really fancy website or these great t-shirts or whatever else it is. When really at the end of the day, we have to really focus on generating revenue and ensuring that we have a solid plan to get those sales going. And often it takes longer than we think, but just getting along that path and continuing to build and then I think the third thing, which may not be as intuitive, is really focusing on growing your influence, networking, and personal branding, just ensuring that people know all about you, that if they have a need for a product or service like yours, that you are the person who comes to their mind first and foremost. So those are the three areas that I would say, if you're really struggling in terms of time, those are the three to focus on first. That is incredibly helpful advice. And I hope that our listeners take that. Um, I even personally would take that. Um, so I, I have a question for you. What, I, there's, there's lots of terms out there. There's side hustle, there's startup, there's small business. What is the difference between those and any others that I may have missed? And how would someone decide which route to take? So it's funny, there are a lot of different terms and there are kind of standard textbook definitions. I know I'm guilty of using them interchangeably in many cases, but a side hustle is a business that you start while you're still traditionally employed. And I often say this is the safest way to start a business because you still have that money coming in, that cushion, and that takes a lot of pressure off. And it gives you the time you need to ensure that you have a viable product or service and that the money is coming in. And so it's just a lot more of a natural transition. So I like to tell people to start that way if they can. A startup is considered a business that is meant to disrupt an industry. And the difference between that and a small business really has to do with 
the future of the business as well as how you're funding the business. So a startup is one where you're out there actively looking for funding typically, and you have an exit strategy where you want to make a profit on that business. You want to make a profit for your investors. So it's not as long-term of approach as a small business. And a small business is any business with 1,500 employees or less, but typically around 90% of small businesses only have 20 employees or fewer. So they are kind of the main small type of business out there. Also, there are or there has been an increase in solopreneurs. And these are uh, one-person businesses where people are working for themselves. And I think, too, I mentioned earlier the great resignation, but more and more employees will start turning towards, you know, working with many different organizations in the future. They're doing the same thing. They're providing the same service, but they're doing more contract work. And we've seen a lot of people kind of taking this route. And I think this will only continue to increase in the future. So we see a lot of different entrepreneurial types out there. And even within an organization, we have entrepreneurs. And I always tell people and argue with people that there is not a company out there that wouldn't want an employee who thought like the owner. Because so often in business, we think about, oh, I have a great idea for something. But in order to get buy-in and to win others on our side for that project, whatever it is, we really have to show how it impacts the bottom line, how it's going to be good for the company overall. So no matter what area you're in, what type of entrepreneur you are or become, and whether you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, you're a solopreneur, you have a small business, you really have to just kind of develop your mindset to think like an entrepreneur. That's really interesting. And wow, there are so many more avenues than I even thought were available. <laughs> Lots to think about, huh? A lot um, of lingo out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you have given us some really incredible insight today. Do you have any additional words of wisdom for any of our listeners who might be thinking about becoming entrepreneurs? Yes. Yeah, so I think my two main pieces of advice that I give to everybody who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur has that inkling to start their own business. You really can in life do whatever you put your mind to. And I know that sounds simple and it sounds basic, but it's really true. A lot of times the only thing holding ourselves back is ourselves, right? We sometimes don't have the confidence or the ability, but if you put your mind to it and then you set your plans, make the list out the action steps you need to take just and keep working on that, keep moving forward towards that goal, you will make it happen no matter what it is. Just have to have that tenacity and work on the resilience if you encounter something that goes wrong to be able to keep going because so many people out there make it look easy. We see all these success stories, right? But people aren't posting on Instagram about the times that they failed, <laughs> when their customers left them, when they were rejected, when something didn't go well, when they lost money. So keep that in mind. We're seeing the pinnacle of success. We haven't seen the 10 years that went behind that. So just know that if you have the will, you can get there. Just stick with it. Be positive and keep working on your plans and you'll get there eventually. We do hear a lot about focus and organization and not a whole lot about resilience. 
And I think that is a really, really great piece of advice. Remember that, you know, if you take a step back, you can still take five steps forward if you just keep going, right? And yeah, and it's about, you know, getting yourself out of that funk. And it it happens to me, it happens to everyone. You know, there are times when I'll have a rejection or a setback or maybe two or three right in a row. And I'm just, you know, I am not in the mood. I think, oh, you know, I'll beat myself up. And when that happens, you just have to come up with coping strategies. So it could be, for me, I like to go out and get some fresh air, take a walk. Maybe I need to contact a friend or a cheerleader who can help cheer me up, talk it through, and then come back to it when I'm in a better mindset. And that always works for me. I think it's just about having that ability to kind of rework your mindset and get yourself in a position where you're better able to deal with it and then come up with plan B, plan C, plan D, because it is always going to not go exactly the way you thought and you'll have to keep going, but you will get there. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Charlene, thank you so much for joining us today in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We really appreciate your insight and we know our listeners are going to benefit from your experience too. Thank you so much for having me on, Stephanie. It was a great conversation and thrilled to be here again. 